0: the record button and we are off to the races you ready i think so welcome to the sprockets podcast where we are simplifying the good life i'm guthrie straw and i'm
1: aaron flores broadcasting from the people's republic of portland nestled in the heart of cascadia
0: we are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way
1: covering bicycling trains transit adventures life hacks and today active transit around campus
0: that's right uh we've got john carter and carrie Cantrell in from pcc our neighbors just down the street Oh, to, yeah to talk a little bit about their interests in alternative transportation and about PCC's um, alternative transportation efforts so John Kerry, welcome to the show thank you for having us Kevin. thank you yeah, very much absolutely uh, John is a interim transportation demand management slash active transportation specialist and Kerry is a active transportation ambassador Um Elevator pitch. What, what are those two, and, and what, do they, what do they do? It's a
2: lot yeah, it's a, of words It's a lot of words for sure. Um, the, I mean, more or less, um, what we're doing is uh, uh, encouraging um, students, faculty, and staff um, to take alternate modes of transportation to school other than driving alone. Um, so that really encompasses like internal projects of getting. Um, of raising awareness for alternate transportation, um, providing educational resources, including, like, bike workshops and, um, uh, you know, pedestrian safety uh, workshops and also uh, more external um, factors as well, like, you know, working with the city and transit agencies in the Portland metro area to improve the conditions around campus. Awesome.
3: And yeah. now podcast studios as well.
0: And you're the active transportation ambassador, Carrie? Yes.
3: Um so one of one of my jobs is to not only bring the information that we have from the parking and transportation end to the students on campus, but also to bridge connections in with the community which is why we're sitting here um and there's other community outreach um that goes into this position so that's that's sort of why i came in what i enjoy about it is the the community connections
0: awesome and we should state too just for the record most of our listeners already know um but the opinions represented on the show are not that of pcc but of john and carrie respectively thank you yes you're welcome gotta gotta get that up at the top Um, well, I'm excited to dive in and chat about, uh, what you do day to day and your transit experiences here in Portland. Um, usually we do like a quick catch up for the week, uh, and then we'll dive into the interview section in about five or 10 minutes. That sounds good. Great. Awesome. All right.
1: What'd you do this week?
0: Who who shot first?
1: I did. I shot first. I shot first. (laughs)
0: Uh, what did I do this week? I rode my bike a little bit. Yeah. And went around town and it was nice because it was super super rainy and then it wasn't so rainy uh but yeah it it was kind of a week of gearing back up work is starting to pick back up like just a little bit uh so just kind of prepping for that kind of thing um working on building some websites and then getting out and stretching my legs right on i i installed a new seat post uh because i'm planning to go to gladys bikes and going to try to get a bike fit there this week, or tomorrow, actually.
1: Wait, this requires a new seat post? It
0: doesn't, but, you know, I've had that single-bolt seat post for nine years now, Uh and it has the ratchets. So with the new saddle that I have for the way that the Brooks is breaking in, um, I think I'm in between ratchets, and I'd always meant to get one that has the dual-bolt, so you can just like adjust it exactly where you want it. Because uh, I'm either like a little too up on the nose or a little too down. And I figured, hey, if I'm going to go like get an adjustment. Uh, so just to fill you two in, uh, <laughs> I'll be traveling to Japan and New Zealand later this year uh, and bringing the bike with. So I figured it would yeah. be optimal to have that component in place before I got the fit. As opposed to them being like, oh, well, if it's too high or too low, like you need a new seat post. And then like the seats all adjusted. Right, right. Um, So, yeah. Exc- nice. Excited for
1: that. I am intrigued. on and- what you think of the uh that seat post and the dark certainly? You, one? You, no, no, no. Is that what, the single bolt? Oh, the no. single
0: bolt is the stock. Oh, okay. Or no. at least it was the stock back the, when I bought the bike. The one
1: that the your new one. Oh. I, I've I, always I've always ridden on a single bolt and I never gave it a second thought.
0: Oh, okay. I have had opportunity to give it a thought because we would convert a lot of single bolts to dual bolts uh back at the bike shop. Um so it's one of those things that when you own a bike and work at a shop you're just like i'll do that sometime like maybe maybe not (laughs) now uh and and maybe it's like a year and a half after you're not working at a bike shop anymore but i i think it's great i think that there i got a little bit um like i wouldn't recommend the seat post that i got in its dual bolt variety just because it's kind of a pain to install um but there are better you mean for the saddle for the saddle yeah yeah
1: it's putting a seat post in That's not that complicated. Yeah, you just gotta make sure it's the right (laughs) diameter. Right.
0: So but the dual bolt though, this is where like I get like kind of paranoid about the bike industry stuff, is I think that somebody patented the best way to do it or something like that. And so everybody else has to invent like a similar way, but this just like slightly inferior. Okay. Yeah. Uh so this is dual bolt. It adjusts just fine, but uh so if you've ever like put a saddle onto a seat post, typically you have the uh, like bolt that captures into a groove. So as you're adjusting the screws back in, the bolt is in the groove, and so you're able to get torque on the screw or right. the bolt. Uh, in this case, on the one that I got, it's very tiny nubbins that are holding that force. So I dropped my seat out of my seat post like three or four times oh. tr- because I couldn't yeah. quite like hold enough tension. I felt like I needed to... like. <clears throat> clamp my seat to to actually hold enough tension to get the bolts to screw in right and i was like this shouldn't be that hard uh like either make the bolts wider or make the groove a little deeper um for that reason i'm glad that it's on and i'm it's like one of those things it's like yeah i was a pain to adjust but hopefully you only have to adjust it once right. okay uh or twice if you get a bike fit um <laughs> but you know it's on now i was just like wow this is really silly right on. uh because there's a bunch of like super cheap seat posts that have dual bolt design and um they're great because you really only have to adjust one of the two. And it sort of like uh, pivots into a slot and then just like stays there. And it's so easy. You can put a seat on in like 20 seconds or something. Ah. As opposed to like the four minutes I was fuddling with mine.
1: And here I thought the single bolt was simpler.
0: Well, the single bolt is definitely simpler. But you sacrifice a little bit of adjustability. I see. Yeah. Right on. So, yeah, I, I you know, I'm I'm like, I guess not, not pre-optimizing, but I'm starting to think about... Like, oh, okay, I've got 99.9% of my bike dialed because I've been riding it for almost <laughs> right, a decade. Right. Uh, what's that extra, like, 2 or 3% or something like that? Uh, and the seat post came down to the chopping block.
1: Right family. on, right on.
0: So, yeah, that was my week, was seat post adjustments, riding around. My seat's higher than it's been in, like, five years. Uh, and I just am enjoying that until it probably goes back down <laughs> to, like, save my knees yeah. over the long term. Right on. Yeah. How about you?
1: Um, I have not biked interesting not yet
0: that that i surprises but doesn't surprise me well it's good, we, it's talked, good not we talked a little
1: bit last week about yeah. maybe getting on the bike and i did get on the bike for a few seconds
0: the brompton would scare me to do one-handed to be honest
1: oh i'm not doing it one-handed okay gotcha and to be clear my feet were on the ground the whole time
0: oh, okay gotcha <laughs> but well because I, I remember we talked about it yeah i had and the I
1: saddle like, like really low Mm-hmm. and just kind of sat there for a little
0: while. Yeah. No, it's a... it's
1: Kind of let myself feel nostalgic. <laughs> nice.
0: Like the, the good old banana seat, like cruiser days. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, or just... Oh, yeah, I used to do this on a regular basis. Okay. I used to ride a bike.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, the, the idea to put the seat down, and that that was excellent advice. I didn't feel like the Brompton would be the bike to do that on, just because it's so squirrely on the front end.
1: Yeah. Well, I haven't rode it, but... That's really the only bike that I have that I would be able to, I think, get away with doing that with.
0: This is true. Um, You don't want to grab, like, Iverson's swing bike and try (laughs) one-handed.
1: Well, right. All my other bikes, they have such a long reach. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, I, I never really think about it as, like, really long up until I can no longer reach. yeah.
0: You, it, you do until you don't <laughs> right or you right. don't until you do <laughs> <laughs> right indeed well you know another week is gone so. which means you're another week closer yeah yeah to to the finish line
1: just just, just a little bit closer every day right
0: our listeners yeah. couldn't hear or see that but aaron i've was got my fingers, fingers. crossed <laughs> yes i've got my fingers crossed for you too aaron thank you um well good i'm glad i'm glad you had a good week all things considered it was all right
1: and we put things in boxes nice oh yeah because you're moving we found we found an apartment that is twice the size i'm so excited yay that means i get to fill it with more bicycles
0: you're kind of like a like a goldfish though you're you're talking like i was thinking of the animal like your spirit animal is a a goldfish (laughs) well you you shrink or grow to the size of like what you need to accommodation wise okay because you were just you're just like i feel super comfy in the small spot i do it's it's not a it's not the smallest spot but it's definitely on the smaller side and yeah, you know, you've been making it rock for the amount of time it's that you've been It's Such a there. good
1: location. I, oh, totally. I honestly I honestly re, not regret, but I I do feel sad moving from that location so close to so many things. Yeah. Um both um like just sort of entertainment and going out and then also just so close to all sorts of transit mm-hmm. options.
0: Totally. You're uh, still pretty. You're still pretty close in.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. I'm not that much farther. But
0: I, I rode by your uh, future unit on one <laughs> oh, of my really? bike rides this week, oh, awesome, and I, I waved, but you weren't there yet. So not yet. It was like a. It was a preemptive wave. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, swell. Well, ha- uh, this getting... is
1: real scintillating to our guests. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> we're just. <laughs>
0: And when we don't have guests, it's just our listeners being like, oh, God, they're going to talk about that for an hour and a half. <laughs> right.
3: I'm just soaking up the vibe. Cool. It's always nice <laughs> to have a check-in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Indeed. You know, we're, we're getting to know you all. Yeah. <laughs> we, we see each other at least once a week. Uh, at least. Sometimes more. <laughs> cool. It, it could be more. Why are you better like
3: your work friends?
0: <laughs> 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 well, it's been hard because usually we just go do bike things together. <laughs> right. Ooh. Yeah, we'll bring that one up again. <laughs> uh, Swell, so um, switching gears a little bit here. Uh, how long have you both been with PCC?
2: I have been uh, with the institution for about uh, a little over a year and a half. Okay. No.
0: Gotcha. And I can't remember, we probably said it earlier on the show, but PCC is Portland Community College, which for our out-of-town listeners is a... Um, chain of campuses that exist around the Portland metro area. That's
2: right. Um, There are four main campuses. Um, So there is the uh, Cascade campus, which is uh, right around the corner from this studio. Then there's a southeast campus, which is on 82nd and Division. Mm -hmm. Then there is uh, the Sylvania campus, which is the main campus, um, and that's in southwest Portland. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's a Rock Creek Campus, yeah. Rock which, Creek, despite having a Portland address, is not actually in Portland. <laughs> yeah, it's out in, there. It's in unincorporated Washington <laughs> County. Wow. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I like Rock Creek. It's, yeah. it's a fun campus. It, it's it's really lovely. The I think the the interesting thing about uh, PCC being spread out the way that it is, and especially being involved in transportation, is that the challenges that we deal with on a daily basis um, in terms of uh, you know trying to get people to shift uh, their mode from driving alone to alternative forms of tram- transportation um, is that it's very reflective of the issues of the region as a whole because mm-hmm. it really spreads across the whole metro region. And each campus has its own set of uh, unique uh, challenges um, as well as its own set of unique assets mm-hmm. as well.
0: Definitely. I think to uh, so my experience with Rock Creek, I, I don't know, like what you consider the, the least. Like, so we're a, a cycling show, so I'm going to go from like the bike standpoint. But uh, I, I was able to graduate college in the first place because PCC offered a sign language course. And the university I was at primarily didn't allow uh, me to transfer in language credits. So I spent two semesters commuting from Forest Grove out to Rock Creek So I'd bike seven miles and then I'd take transit and then I'd bike another five or six miles from the transit stop up to Rock Creek and then back uh, two times a week. And it was a great ride. Uh, But out on like 185th, it's kind of a freaking it's a lane. It's it's actually like six lanes. Um, And it's been interesting to kind of go back towards Rock Creek in my more recent days because it has been getting. A little bit better, I feel like, in terms of the approach that you're able to take for cycling.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, the I've I've uh, met with um, um, active transportation folks from Washington County and going over like current projects that have been implemented and future projects. There's a lot of good stuff uh, coming in 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 the Pike. I think that the the nice thing about that campus as well as any of the campuses, is that if you really know where to go, um, you can find safe routes, even if they're going to take you a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they might take you a little bit longer. But the, I think the, 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 the challenge, though, is there are barriers due to the location of that campus. I mean, you mentioned one of them, 185th, uh, which is a road that is clearly designed for automobiles yep um everything about it is automobile centric from the, the basically just the whole scale of the urban environment there it's you just look at like the shopping centers they're very suburban um, and automobile centric so in the end if you create conditions for car travel you're gonna get people driving if you create the conditions for biking you're gonna have more people biking
0: mm-hmm yeah, and for um, anybody who hasn't cycled on 185th, uh, we talk a lot about Powell Boulevard on this show. Uh, 185th <laughs> is kind of like three Powell Boulevards stacked together at some part, uh, so it's a very it's a very interesting one. But it does have a bike lane, which Powell Boulevard does not. So, or at least for the section that's uh, west of 85th or 82nd.
2: That's true. Although I would argue that Powell Boulevard is a bit more in terms of as a pedestrian, it's more human scaled than 185th.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. It's if you have um, difficulty getting across a crosswalk <laughs> on a standard walk signal, 185th is a very unfriendly street, uh, especially in comparison to Powell. Mm. Um, so challenges in sort of increasing uh, active transportation, uh, busing, commuting via uh foot or via bicycle or other means. Uh, how do you approach and sort of like what does your role look like in terms of sort of plugging into that at scale and uh, looking at some of the solutions?
2: Yeah. So I think I'll, I'll talk about my role and then Carrie can talk about hers. Excellent. Uh, we So I am uh, right now the uh, transportation demand manager. Uh, so what that essentially means is I oversee Uh, all active transportation efforts. Um, Really, that includes uh, looking at our, like, what can we do internally to uh, get more, get that mode shift? Um, And what that really, what I really mean by that is what can we do to raise awareness for um, resources that already exist so like for example we have a uh, bike we have bike rental programs at all of the campuses um, part of my part of my job was to expand uh, the bike rental program across the whole district so before I joined we had the bike rental programs active on southeast campus and Cascade and recently we're about to launch um, an expansion to Sylvania and Rock Creek oh sweet Um. So, getting people aware of that and having that as a resource, where for fifteen dollars a term, a student can rent the bike, get the helmet, the lock, the light, and access to a mechanic. I think looking at the other side of the coin of that, it's like, well, okay, that's an that's something internally that we can do. We can provide the resource for the student, a very affordable one at fifteen dollars a term, but then. How do we also influence the external factors as well? As you mentioned, 185th, it you could you could put in a bike rental program, but if you're not going <laughs> to approve the conditions around campus to bike, mm-hmm. then who is actually going to do that? Um, so. We also, you know, work with the with the in the case of like the Rock Creek campus work with Washington County in the case of Portland, you know, work with Portland Bureau of Transportation and essentially just like being advocates for transportation and saying, like, this is our experience that we see based on talking to students and getting their feedback and conducting surveys. And also just, you know, as transportation experts, what we see and how we could improve the overall area to encourage people to to bike more. Because at the end of the day, like, there are a lot of people who want to bike but are in that kind of interested but concerned mm-hmm. category. Yep. They will say, wow, it's great that you have a bike rental program, but I don't feel safe biking. Gotcha. Um, so we really try to um, uh, take a holistic approach and. Promoting existing resources and adding new resources within the school, but then also, uh, you know, working with external forces to make it come together.
0: Yeah, definitely. They sort of have to meet partway through. When you, so you've been on that or in that position for about a year and a half. Coming into that, and with your experience that you had at that time, was there anything that sort of stood out to you or surprised you about the makeup of the alternative transportation options for PCC?
2: Well, I was impressed that we, that we had the bike rental programs to begin with, um, that I think it's, it's a, it's an incredibly good value for the students, but then also, um, it, yeah, it's just, it, it's a, um, it's a, a tool, a tool to bridge the equity gap in terms of enabling somebody with mobility who might have been confined to, uh, just taking public transit TriMet, before, they, we can give them a bike, and they can bridge that gap together. I mean, per me personally, like I use my bike, and in combination with trimet to get around everywhere, and hmm. my bike can fill those gaps. I think I was I was impressed by how much the school was putting into active transportation. Quite frankly, I was even surprised that they had. Uh, the re- the resources to dedicate to these positions. Okay. Um, yeah, because that...
0: that's not necessarily the norm across the United States No,
2: it's not and I think it's it's representative of the region as a whole that, you know, we We've got a lot of work to do for sure, but at the very least um, The region and the institution care enough about these things mm-hmm. that a job exists. I, I, I look around Around the country, and I think it's pretty rare for a job like this to exist. So that was probably one of the most surprising aspects for me was being like, "Hey, there is a there is a need here, and I can be someone uniquely positioned to fill it." Um, and that you know, we also thankfully have the resources to uh, hire people such as Carrie on the team as well. Da, da, yeah. da, da. How, how, <laughs> does, how do you plug in, Carrie?
3: Um. Well, I'd say, so john, uh, John's john been in the position for a lot longer than I have. I, I think I joined PCC family like four months ago. Um, and uh, my, my specific role brought me to only the Sylvania and Southeast campuses. Um, and it's been kind of a changing format of how to engage with dialogue with the student body and the staff, uh, going from something that's strictly like tabling and passing out pamphlets and bus schedules um, really to growing – to be more of a, of a community resource. Like John said, that's the end goal, not just to pass along information, but to create channels that are accessible for that information, um, including a lot of different types of ways of communicating. Um, and as probably our listeners know, PCC has a huge diversity of students, all ages, all abilities, like all nationalities even. Um, and simply, familiarizing them with a brand new bus schedule and a brand new urban scape is a really important part of building self-confidence to even be able to take public transportation like i'm a country pumpkin, and when i first started using public transportation i was terrified um and so that's that's one of the projects that we'll be working on in the coming spring um is to build like hopefully uh in multiple languages, um, a a user guide for just how to access public transportation and what you can expect. And that's something that's going to be uniquely available to PCC students and geared towards their experience, which I think is going to be a little bit more helpful. Um, And as well as providing, like, the confidence, there's also, like, we do travel and commute consultations and so people who are like well i would but thinking about a whole nother way of shaping your day can be daunting and Mm so Mm -hmm. having all the stuff right there that can still be like well if you just do this and you come from your neighborhood here bring your bike it's super easy it's like yeah they really want to try that um there's also certain programs that we help support um, low like a low income fares from Trimat. We help support students in their process navigating that bureaucracy and like how do you qualify? How do you go through? Um, you know the application process and then where do I go? All stuff like that is um kind of what I do and and then beyond. I'm really excited. I come from an event planning background and uh, community organizing, and so just in the last four months we've made outreach to some organizations like the. Friends of Noise, um, and a few mm. other ones, like you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Out just, of
0: curiosity, who are the Friends of Noise?
3: The Friends of Noise are a wonderful organization. Um, Andre Middleton founded the group, and it is a youth-centric uh, organization for musicians in Portland. Um, it's And its uh, primary purpose is to not only create a market and a venue for all-age musicians to play, which in the bar music scene in Portland can be kind of hard, um, but to also make sure that there's community support and all sorts of all sorts of ways to facilitate their, their music careers. And so I'm, I'm a huge youth rights person and I'm youth centric myself. And uh, because of John's influence, when I first joined the team, like, it was decided that, you know, we're going to take this position beyond just passing out pamphlets. We're going to create more of a community movement around wanting to use public transportation and wanting to bike. And so how do we do that? Like, we'll just kind of involve as many elements of the community as possible. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: The holistic approach.
3: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So John's, John's great with the, the vision and the planning, and he's definitely the active transportation specialist, and I'm, I'm very into face-to-face communications and listening and responding to needs on campus.
0: In terms of uh, responding to those needs, so coming into maybe the present day or the current status of PCC and then looking down the road, say, you know, five or ten years, um, and seeing like what that could look like... Um, are there challenges in between the present and reaching that? I, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of moving parts, uh, but at the same time, a lot of good effort being put towards that. Right
2: there, there are, I think that's the thing. Is um, there's uh, there's the there's kind of the overall macro challenges um, that uh, we see. Um, not, I mean, not only across the the student. And faculty and staff body but also the just the region as a whole I mean like I said earlier like the the challenges of um, getting that mode shift across the PCC district is like very representative of the region as a whole but I think it's a what we see are challenges involved in not only the just the configuration of the roads and the safety and how people feel interfacing with that. But also, uh, you know, it's a, it's a matter of time. Um, a lot of students are strapped for time and it's like, how is that a challenge that you solve Mm -hmm. for? I mean, Mm -hmm. no matter what, like it's always going to take longer to take the bus versus driving a car. Um, and I think what, what we're trying to do is understand what, what the challenges are that students face. And we, and we, we do it on a very individual basis. Like Carrie said, it's really about just listening and talking and, um, you know, figuring out like what are people's challenges for making that shift and then, you know, taking a very personal approach. Um, but I think at the same time it's hard because there are conditions that we can't really control for mm. that are at play
0: mm-hmm. um just just uh as the engineering is like you've got constraints Right. Yeah. yeah right totally did you have
1: a question Aaron? <laughs> i was just thinking of how daunting it must be to do this on an individual basis um
3: uh yeah, it seems daunting at first okay. until you realize, like, what's actually happening. Like, as as an ambassador on campus, like, it can be pretty boring at first, actually. Oh, because, really? yeah, you're waiting for someone to actually have a spare minute to want to sit and talk to you. And, like, you're coming up with crazy schemes to get them interested in your little corner of the busy campus, like, sort of walkway. And, um, you know, it can get a little tedious, but afterwards... you really welcome the conversation and you welcome the connections and the people see your face every day and that's when they become comfortable to come up to you and be like hey i've seen this sign for the last couple of weeks like can you help me with this and they'll just like they'll have had a question that they didn't know who to ask and then right all of the transportation and like active this and that is like all right there and they're like yeah i can out- direct and this and that so it um I'm occasionally faced with, you know, uh, people whose problems, like John said, are outside of my control and expertise. And so the what I can do is to bridge the gap as much as I can, whether it's starting a communication chain rolling and like calling on John to to know who he knows and talk to them and um you know it's just like that but it's one of those things building a reputation as a promoter marketer ambassador like they've become very much used to like knowing they can come find me and ask a question Mm
2: -hmm. yeah i think it can be easy sometimes to get caught up in the macro issues but um it there there is like this incredible fulfillment that comes from the individual interactions that we have where Uh, somebody who previously did not have that resource now does and that say they go up to carry and they have a question they don't know how to you know they don't know how to navigate the bus system like they don't know how to uh, navigate the bike the biking routes and will have a commuting consultation with them and you'll see that moment where they light up and say okay i understand that now i am going to try that out Mm -hmm. and i think the it's it's those moments that to me like like give me give me a lot of hope um and then also just like there it shows to me that while you know the the we can get caught up in the macro issues and especially the the politics involved in, um, you know, just transportation reform in general. Um, I think there's so much that we can do within like the current limits and constraints that we have mm-hmm. in terms of just educating people and empowering people to navigate what's already there, even though the system as itself could be a lot better than it is. Um, there's a lot of headway to just get more people to use it more efficiently.
3: I think challenging uh, challenging that attitude that, it you know, it is dangerous to, to ride bikes in Portland, that it is, you know, inconvenient to take the bus. Like, these are acknowledgments we can all make, but, like, focusing on the different story is how you're going to change the story. And so for me, it's about, like, um, well, one, one example of what we're working on to outreach in the communities, we're building another map um, against geared specifically towards our students and like what our students would be looking for for resources if they were going to be taking their bicycles and just kind of putting a different world, a different tint, um, you know, for their biking imagination than what TriMet has. Sure. TriMet's not geared towards like our students and what they want. TriMet's geared towards a mass transit system. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Which,
2: you know, makes sense. But yeah, it makes yeah. sense <laughs> for them. For, yeah. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> but, but yeah, I I think that's the that the probably like I, and I mentioned this before, the, one of the greatest challenges that we have is um really um is is the time challenge of how like Community college students are often balancing a lot of things mm-hmm. in their life, not only school, but work. And what, what, what we often do is try to reframe the subject of time in essentially saying that, you know, when you're driving alone, like while it might take less total time in order to get from point A to point B, you're not really owning your time. Um, how the fact is that your brain is so focused on the road that you really aren't doing much of anything else and
1: taking taking the bus I might argue that you shouldn't be doing anything else, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doing anything else.
2: <laughs> but I mean, I've noticed for me like if I'm driving and like listening to an audio book, I mean the level of retention that I have of that versus like reading oh, a yeah. physical book is yeah. like night and day, mm. and how. We reframe the the conversation to make it about like you can take more ownership of your time, even if it takes more total overall time. Mm-hmm. You know, you can ride the bus to read a book, do your work, sleep, just zone out, use the time for yourself, free up your mind to like be fully present where you are. Um, you can use your bike as a way of exercise to get around and you know these these arguments aren't going to convince everybody but um, i've I've had a lot of moments where folks have said yeah I never really thought about it that way yeah it's interesting
0: um you know you're, we're talking about all this and I'm just thinking back to you know my experience commuting to PCC and I don't think I would have said it in those terms at the time but if I look back on my experience as a whole, those nights that I spent, you know, biking to the max and then taking the max and then biking from there, like there might have been some hectic parts to it. But I remember those more vividly and more, I guess, more fondly than mm-hmm. like most of the other blur that like was that period of my life. And I think it was because I was intentionally uh, slowing down or um, taking that time where I wasn't quite as distracted, I guess, if you will. Uh you know, reading on the max, and maybe getting in some homework or some extra study time. And that reclamation of time, like you were mentioning, I think that's such a real effect. Um, and you don't really like, you don't really, I don't feel like it's easy to see it that way until you do it. And then once you start to get in that habit, you're just like, oh, wow, like, I blew through two books this week, you know, just going to just going to school. Right? Mm. Um, <laughs> it can be it can be pretty liberating.
2: Yeah, I mean, to your point about like, how you you don't you might not see that until you actually do it i mean it's actually part of what we're doing for the uh expansion of the bike rental program to sylvania and southeast or sylvania and rock creek i mean the we recognize that those campuses do not exist in a vacuum that they have specific challenges um southeast, south south uh the southwest campus as topographical challenges of it just being on top of a giant hill. Yeah. That's a ride, right? It's a ride. (laughs) It's a ride ride and a half. And even, even me, like I will, when I go to that campus, I will always take the bus up. Shout
3: out to the shuttle though. PCC shuttles are the best. That's right. One of the best perks of going to school at PCC anyway. And
2: then for the rock Creek campus, like you, you know, we were talking about there's 185th and it's like very auto centric and suburban. Um, to that end, we're incentivizing people to uh, sign up for the rental program by offering a uh, a free fifty dollar TriMet Hot pass. Oh, sweet. So they'll they'll pay the fifteen dollars to rent the bike, and then we'll give them a fifty dollar card in return. And essentially, what we're saying is, try this out. Try this as a last mile solution, where you can ride your bike to the max. You can ride your bike to the bus. And just try it out. And what we're going to do is the condition of getting that card will be that you you have a pre-commuting consultation, and then at the end of the term, um, we'll kind of review how did your transportation habits change, mm. if if at all. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, we'll see. That, I mean, the my hope from that is that we'll see that when people try out this kind of new method of getting around that it's something that'll stick or at least it's something that they'll kind of like look at it as, okay, this is just another tool that I can have in my transportation toolbox. Totally. And it's like, I will usually frame it as that, like having a balanced transportation diet rather than, it's not like, it's not like where you're like, okay, I'm going to go vegan and I'm just going to stop eating meat. I'm not telling people, you got to go full bike and stop driving. It's more of like here are the tools that you can add to your toolbox and hopefully start, you'll start using. Start them. Start
1: with pork and then go on to the larger meats and then right. you <laughs> know <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe cut out eggs after a while, a couple years. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: that's like this is about who, balance. <laughs> who who hasn't had you know at time if you drive uh, primarily where something goes wrong. Uh, Either there's traffic or the battery is dead or something like that. Like I I like that concept of having like one more tool in the toolbox because like what's better than options? Well, one more option if it gets you to school or to work on time and you don't, you don't have to worry about that quite so much. Um, I'm curious you had mentioned, or we've been talking a little bit about the map and I'm, I'm just like kind of itching to know, what factors are PCC students uh, looking for, or where do they feel like the the weaknesses in the TriMet map are in comparison to what uh, you folks are looking at for the creation of kind of a custom PCC map? Yeah, I used to make maps for our bike shop, and it's you know, it's like there's uh. a lot. There's like, like, oh, sweet, a map, and then like you realize that like teams of people spent hundreds of hours like, yeah. putting these things together, yeah. thousands. I wouldn't well,
2: necessarily say that it's a weak a weakness of the TriMet map or mm-hmm. the or the PBOT I, maybe map. Maybe not
0: a maybe weaknesses not I'd a good word. I'd say inaccessibility accessibility for the students. Okay, like gotcha. I think there's not enough like you-
2: you know it tailors
0: better too yeah i think
3: there's not enough orientation and again it's like daunting if you look at a trimet system map or even like a go by portland bike map which are great and they're convenient but it's like you figuring it out and i think like especially
1: if this is like maybe your first time looking at a transit map in general you just
3: got a bike rental from your awesome school and it's like i really want to do this but like how how can i do it so i think like since the things that our students would be thinking about would be about how to get to other campuses and how to access community resources um and you know what would be the fastest most convenient where could be obstacles you know but could, where could you also potentially save time by cutting a cost of traffic um, so just things like that that we are hoping to to show it's not it's a great ride actually like here's this coffee house that you'll enjoy, and you know here's here's a here's a shelter if it's raining and stuff like that. so we're focusing on pretty much like a three mile radius in the neighborhoods around and um equipping it with information um to help navigate i guess to different zones. That's, um, and that's pretty much where we're at with the process right now. We're, we're definitely going to be focusing on transit hubs and bus stations so that we can definitely pull for that last mile concept. Um, but And beyond that, it's uh, going to be very community-oriented and neighborhood-oriented.
2: And I also think it's a good opportunity for um, students, faculty, and staff to get a better picture of what are the resources around the neighborhood. I think if you're driving to campus, it can often be just, okay, I'm going from my home to campus and mm-hmm. that's, it's just the act of going from point A to point B. But then suddenly if you're, thinking about it in terms of like, oh, what can I bike to? What can I walk to around campus? That you suddenly just get a much larger picture of like, what are all the resources available that are relevant to me? And I think that's the, really the, the, whenever, whenever you work on a project like this, it's like, ask yourself what, like, what is the purpose of this? And I think in this case, it's like, we recognize that um, our students have, very specific needs and resources that other people in this others might not have. So we're, we're, we're creating something that's tailored to them.
3: It's also hopefully going to be a benefit for our neighborhoods where all the campuses exist. We want to reduce traffic in the neighborhoods and make it a nicer place for everybody, not just for the campus students. Um And the cool thing about PCC is that every campus is very unique and very different. It's different in architecture. It's different in topography, like you said. It's different in, in kind of neighborhood vibes. Um, And so I think having a personal relationship, a more personalized relationship between the PCC student body and the neighborhood surrounding it could be a win-win for everybody. I can totally see
1: that. Mm-hmm. I spent a few... Well, I've spent at least one class and, and some time over at the, uh, uh, what is that, the Southeast ah. Campus. The is that Cascade? Cascade? No, Cascade. no, Cascade's,
3: Cascades right across Oh, yeah. yeah. S- southeast Sorry. is the one on 82nd yeah,
2: Street.
1: Yeah, We yeah, just division. call it
3: Southeast. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Rock Creek gets, right. a <laughs> gets a fancy one. Sylvania gets a fancy one. Cascade gets a fancy one. Yeah, but, 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 but I could also see that. <laughs> you... Now I love it even more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would also <laughs> see how calling it Southeast <laughs>
2: Campus doesn't really tell you where it is because huh. Southeast Portland's it's pretty a pretty big place. We're the underdog. We're the underdog of
3: all of them.
1: What's interesting. Um, as far as a unique challenge to them is the first thing where my mind goes to is the, is the, uh, campus parking. Mm. Um, it's limited mm-hmm. and it fills up fast. I was lucky enough to live just across 82nd on like Stephen street, you know, so mm. not very far. Um, so I would walk to campus and back, but I've often noticed, um, just from biking around, there's a lot of, um, neighborhood streets where people will park. Yeah. One, because it's free. Yeah. And two, because the parking lot fills up. And like what a what a unique problem that is and how great it is uh that the campus partners with the community and you know, you could easily like go around to neighbors and go like, Hey, so how can we help reduce the parking here? Yeah. Yeah. Right. What what can we do? Or how would you like to partner with us? so that there's not one of our students cars parked in front of your house right. there's a, there's actually
3: a yeah. policy there's no there's no student parking in the neighborhoods so oh, really? parking yeah, and that's transportation right. oh. yeah parking and transportation parking enforcers um, oh really yeah are one one arm of that effort right. to protect the community we like
2: being good neighbors yeah, 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 yeah no of course but i mean i think you know we also it, like <laughs> i mean ultimately like this this initiative is so important for the school not only just you know due to the environmental needs health needs um but also just due to the fact that cars take up so much physical space and that at the in the end of the day like you know we can't afford to keep buying up land to like build more parking and if you if you look if you were to like look at an overhead map of Uh, each of the campuses, I mean, you can just see in stark display how much land parking already takes up. It takes up about, like, the equivalent amount of the buildings on campus. Mm -hmm. There's an equal amount of buildings as there are parking lots. And I think it ultimately that, you know, that limitation, that ultimate finite parking limitation makes uh, this a... Uh, you know a, a big priority for right the on. school
0: so um thinking from a more institutional sense in regards to creation and uh, proliferation of programs such as these like these are two super cool positions like i love the boots on the ground approach they're like mm-hmm. hey you know like we're here we're gonna be here we're not going anywhere like just talk to me mm. uh, I, I feel like that's where a lot of really good work gets done yeah um if there is somebody listening to this or somebody that sends it to somebody else at a university that might not be looking this direction right now, uh, would you have any recommendations about how to go about implementing something similar at a campus that maybe is less focused on this
2: aspect? Yeah, I think it, I think really just like one, just like dedicating the Dedicating the monetary resources um, to support this is um, really step one. Just making sure that you can that you can hire people to um, act as like spokespeople and advocates and uh, for transportation. Um, but I think also just looking at um, like having like making sure that not only do you Um, you know, have the positions and like that the resources are coming from the school, but also recognizing that, um, you know, it takes uh, people who are uniquely attuned to um, the needs of uh, uh, the needs of the people that are in that particular urban environment. I think it's hard to look at this position as a one size fits all for every region because all regions have their own unique challenges. Um, most regions in the United States are very automobile centric. Um, so I think having like making sure that when you put this program in that you're, mm, that you're looking at it as, as, as something that is like uniquely tuned to wherever the region is.
0: Awesome. Um, is there anything else that folks should know about PCC's active transportation efforts? Am I cutting you short of a no, question, no. Aaron? no, no,
3: not okay. at all. Okay. Cool.
0: Wanted, wanted to respect both of your time.
3: <laughs> I mean, I'd say that, yeah, PCC is just beyond, uh... Building transit resources, I'd say that the Community College Network and the curriculums in general is a great community. And so I would encourage anyone to enroll in a one credit class and take, you know, one class a week or once a month and really just enjoy being a part of the community. You know, you can take a PE class instead of joining a gym and have access to all of the gym features on campus. Or you can take a foreign language, something like that, that will definitely enrich your life support the community college because like there's two words in that it's community is the first word uh i think to
2: uh, even just further elaborate on what carrie's saying is and also this, i feel like this actually kind of uh, uh answers the last question you had too um is that our number one priority here is to help people you know we're not trying to like guilt somebody for driving their car I want to provide the toolbox for people to have those transit resources at their disposal so they can feel empowered to use them when it fits their needs. How somebody, someday somebody might need to drive, but another day they might say, I've got the time to be able to take the bus or bike. Um, And that I think above all else, like we are at the school to be that kind of stable, like constant for people to approach us. Even if, the, even if they don't, even if they just walk past, like if say if carries tabling and they're just walking past and they don't say anything because they don't have time. It's important that we're there so they know that we're there and that they can always use us as a resource and that is something that they'll often that people will often tell us they'll come up and they'll say I've seen y'all a lot I haven't talked to you before but now I am and they just appreciate that you know we exist um, so I, I, think, I think it's important to like, while we've got like all these kind of overarching, like very ambitious goals for, um, you know, like the school has a climate action plan, for example, that has like very specific, um, carbon reduction goals across the board, including some very tr- ambitious transportation, uh, goals. I think it can be easy to like get caught up in like that kind of like bigger picture. Um, but that. From my perspective, I look at it as like, okay, day to day, like right here, right now, what is our purpose? What is our point? What are we doing? And it's really just to help people navigate this city. Nice. Yeah, putting in the work. Yeah,
0: Totally. Well, John and Carrie, thank you both so much for joining us this eve.
3: Thank you for having us. Thank you.
0: If there's any students or uh, prospective students that uh, want to reach out to you and have transit questions related to PCC, Where can they reach you?
3: Carrie.Cantrell at pcc.edu. John.Carter9 at pcc.edu. Awesome. Cool.
2: Thank you both so much for joining.
3: Thanks again. Thank you both. Uh,
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks to Carrie and John. I know I said that already before I stopped hitting the record button, but you know what? I just wanted to say it again, because it reminded me of the excellent drinks that we were having in the studio this night.
1: Woo! Clink. Courtesy. I hope, I hope that caught. Me too. I, you
0: want to do it louder? Sure. Good job. Uh, courtesy of the beer mongers.
1: On southeast division and 12th. That was in mid mid drink right there.
0: <laughs> I put you on Anyways. the. I put you on the drink. The spot. The drink spot. Well, if you were looking for a spot to have drinks...
1: If you're looking for a drink spot... <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, check check them out. They've got cribbage night on Tuesdays.
1: Yes. Prizes for skunks. Yeah. Sports with sound.
0: It's true. Which I think was especially important yes. this
1: Sunday. Oh, yeah, I, I was supposed to. I, so. I forgot it was I, Super Bowl. I was riding my yeah, bike I,
0: around downtown, and I was like, "Whoa, this is so cool! This place is dead. <laughs> there was nobody there. Nobody's here." Yeah. Well, and I was going out. I was telling Brock this earlier. I was, was meeting a friend downtown uh, for dinner, and the place was like, "We're closed." For Super oh, Bowl. And I was like, uh, oh, son of a gun. <laughs> so uh, it was good because it got me out of the house. And I got to ride twice as far as I had planned.
1: There you go. <laughs> it's a little weird to find that place is closed for the Super Bowl yeah. until you think about how many people stay in and, like, have their own, like, Super I Bowl guess. parties.
0: I got to get my sports on, apparently. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. We won't go into that. Uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I,
1: I honestly forgot myself. I was busy packing things and putting things into boxes.
0: It's all good. There, You know what? I hear there will be um, a football game next year as well. So you can you can catch it next time.
1: Uh, or not. Or miss it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now for...
2: I love my I love, I love, I love. Don't Don't ever use that.
0: You know what? I love Tim, your voice on our show. Yes. Every week. I especially love it when we get to do it twice, which, I don't know, Spoiler alert, we might be... also
1: I also love it when he comes and hangs out with us for a full episode.
0: Yeah, that was pretty good. Episode 500 aired yeah. two ago now. Um, it was a pleasure to see you, and super fun to... Like, we don't have episodes that we really sit on, and I really liked just kind of knowing that, <laughs> that, that <laughs> I was like, that it, it existed. Is... <laughs> and it wasn't like the, oh, we don't have to show up this week, because right. we still showed up and recorded, which is why we're now two ahead, if anybody... I don't know if that's obvious. If or not. you're counting, I just—I yeah, just I hope like we're it's so not on obvious. We're but... <laughs> so on top of it for 2020. Yeah, I was like, yeah. we we could both get sick one week and then would still be right <laughs> on time. We'd still be okay. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the calendar for 2020 has changed as well, and what that means is that there are some new events.
1: It says 2020 instead of 2019.
0: This is true. That's weird. Eh, we'll fix it next year. <laughs> Gladys Spikes is having a passing the torch party at yeah. either or Friday, February twenty eighth. Um, and I don't have Facebook, but I'm assuming what they mean by passing the torch is that Leah is retiring. Correct. Okay. Well, she or passing the uh, torch. She is she's, passing, she's the, passing the, torch the torch
1: as as um, a uh, proprietress. Sure, that's a word. Okay. Uh, yeah. Totally. Of of Gladys Spikes, she is she is um, well. Go to Facebook for the okay. <laughs> for the details. Well, you don't go to Facebook because you don't have it. I just so. had to
0: infer off the title, but I, I, no, I'm okay. getting pretty good at that. Yeah, these Yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, hopefully we'll get we'll we'll get Leah and um, crap. I'm so sorry. I should know who this person is, and I that is actually the, the part name, I couldn't see because
0: I don't have Facebook. The, well, <laughs>
1: the name is just escaping me right now, that's and okay. I feel like an idiot.
0: I I wouldn't. Uh, Life is too short, but what I can do is read our next calendar item if you want to look that up while I do so. And our new calendar item, in addition to Gladys Bikes, is Maddie and Maria Get Trasky. That's my title. Uh, Hello, friends. Maria writes in. Get trask, (laughs) Get trask. Maria writes in, hello, friends. Just wanted to share the exciting news that OPB will soon be airing the Oregon Field Guide segment starring Maddie Carlson dog pixie yeah. and yours truly
1: we kind of teased it out on our previous episode
0: that we did um, yeah, and we, we stopped
1: had... short of talking about it all together because i
0: actually cut a little bit of that out because oh, i realized good. we had too we had spoiled too much too much yeah yes so um it, it, it's a healthy amount of spoiling uh you can watch the show at home on thursday february 27th at 8 30 p.m on opb or and this is the funner option you can come to the viewing at Evolution <gasps> Fitness huh? on Wednesday, March 18th at 7 p.m. Oh, that'd be so much fun. We'll have a Q&A afterwards, and there will be a link to the Facebook event. Yay, Bikes, Maria.
1: February 15th, the Chariot Wars, 2020, Essex City Park.
0: And the Mohawk Valley Metric Century is put on by Eugene Velo, Saturday, May 9th at Armitage Park in Eugene.
1: June 9th. No, why did I say 9th? Damn it. Market, that's June thirteenth, Hop Head Hundred in Independence, Oregon,
0: and August fifteenth, the Swift Summit two hundred slash one hundred V four in Lebanon, Oregon. I think Anthony's writing that. We should chat with him.
1: We should chat with him. He yeah. did the STP. Over yeah, the end he, of the summer.
0: I'm trying to remember. He. I know he's doing the STP this year again as well because he's doing oh, it yeah. as a prep for the Swift Summit. I think.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's gonna be great. We, sh- we should get you on, Anthony. Yes. Yes, well, I've been meaning to get him on for a long time. Last time I talked to him, he's like, "You know, you you don't need to like have a pretense to like hang out and have a, have <laughs> drinks." And I was like, "I like Anthony, oh, but yeah, I do." <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, indeed. Well, well, we'll we'll reach out. It was a good reminder.
1: Uh, August sixteenth, the Swift Summit Northwest Hill Climb, location unknown. Ooh.
0: I interpret that as is if you, like, can't find the location, you just go find the closest hill. And just climb just it. Just climb it. Just climb the heck out of that hill. Uh, the second Thursday of every month is the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis.
1: The first Friday of every month is the San Francisco Bike Party.
0: And the second Friday of every month, the Boston Bike Party.
1: Also the second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party.
0: Also, Also the second Friday of every month, the East Bay Bike Party.
1: The... Third Friday of every month is the San Jose Bike Party.
0: And last Friday of every month, the Baltimore Bike Party.
1: The first Saturday of every month here in Portland is the Civil Unrest Ride. Oh, yeah.
0: And the second Sunday of every month is the Corvidai Bike Club Ride right here in PDX. Caca! Caca! My voice has been very dry this winter. I haven't haven't gotten the caca out.
1: It's been such a dry winter. in, uh,
0: In a little bit. Um, the last Sunday of every month is the Vintage Classic Ride
1: in Huntsville, Alabama. Some upcoming film by bike dates. Oh my gosh, we repopulated it. Just a couple. L.A., California, February 9th. Seattle, Washington, February 28th. Columbus, Ohio, March 1st. Idaho Falls, Idaho, March 5th, Ithaca, New York. March 10th, Bend, Oregon. March 19th, Pittsburgh, PA. March 22nd, Pittsburgh. Yes, I better see you there, George. You know who you are. Bend, Oregon, April 16th, Sacramento, California. May 6th, the 18th annual, right here in Portland. May 14th at the Hollywood Theater, Crested Butte, Colorado. June 25th, and I hope I pronounce this right. Alvdal, Norway, September fourth.
0: That's how I would have pronounced it. Okay. If you're from Alvdal, and we pronounced it correctly or incorrectly, uh, write in. Let, and us, let know. us know uh, how it goes. And uh, you know, we were talking about what we did this week, yes. and I forgot the biggest. You went thing. to Alvdal. I. Wish you discovered that. That would have been Alvdal.
1: fun.
0: Well, I I got the opportunity to sit in on the jury screening. For oh, Film right. by Bike, yeah. that will be um, filtering the content for this year's main festival. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Melina, who is the new director of films for Filmed by Bike, as well as Aileen and all the crew at Film by Bike, uh, including Mary. Um, it is an exciting year, as always. And it's super exciting to sit down and watch, you know, the new. Films come in that you <laughs> you didn't spend all like winter working on finding, was... and it's just like it's. I was like a kid in a candy shop. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool. Uh, there's so many good films this year. Uh, Molina's done a fantastic nice, job, nice. and I just super super excited to um, go see the festival in full this year. So I'm I'm gonna use our CTA because we have a CTA. If you are in Portland, Oregon advice from a totally biased party but May 14th through the 17th at the Hollywood Theater in Portland, Oregon I encourage you gently and strongly to go see Film by Bike
1: Nice Well that was our calendar
0: And now for
3: What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights.
0: From Tim Mooney, DC plans to build 100 off-sidewalk corrals for dockless bikes and scooters in residential zones all across the city in coming months. Uh, The article goes on to state the corrals will be built adjacent to intersections, putting to use the space between the stop sign where residential parking zones begin, areas you're not supposed to park your car in anyway. D. Mm. said that the corrals will have the added benefit of preventing illegal parking in that zone, improving visibility at crosswalks and intersections. This is one of those ones... uh, I feel like if Portland put corrals or like a staple at each corner, you know, you cut you cut your blocks down by one each. Yeah. Um, the visibility factor is so real. Uh, oh really? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, we like so for where we're at on our street next to the bikeway, um, it's kind of just like you know some people like. I don't know. Watch TV. Oh, I go sit on the yeah. porch and just watch people like nose out and almost hit people on bikes yeah, because on going yeah. street. No, I get where uh, you're coming from. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I'm understanding what they're doing correctly, right,
1: right up to the corner, almost correct. Yeah, and yeah. This is the only city I've lived in where like that's just sort of the norm.
0: Okay. Um, We're just heathens.
1: Pittsburgh, Lansing. Granted, Pittsburgh's probably the biggest city I've ever lived in. Lansing. I mean, even. Where I grew up in, you know, out there, 3,000 population Michigan, um, you weren't allowed to park, like, you know, uh, 50 feet from the curb. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Like, every curb had had yellow paint or it was just understood, Mm. you know, oh, you park there, you're going to get a ticket.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it does... It certainly makes it easier to see um if there's if there's no large vehicles there. So kudos to DC for the one hundred off sidewalk corrals. Awesome. For Doctor yeah. Spikes.
1: Um the I five Rose Quarter improvement project seeks community advisory committee members. Why is improvement in quotes Those
0: were Guthrie's quotes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Quote improvement project.
1: Is this part of the uh I five expansion? Yes. Uh, this that's is, why improvement is in quotes. This is, well, so this is,
0: <laughs> it's a bit tongue in cheek, but this is, I think, a direct uh, result, I'm guessing, of Aaron Brown's efforts with oh, No okay. More Freeways PDX. Right yeah. Um, and the fact that ODOT actually has to listen to people um, that are affected by this expansion in nice. a way that they, you know, if you've been following along with that one, weren't seeming to really plan to. So uh, so this is a sweet opportunity. You know just what? And got into my inbox the other day.
1: I'm going to read this first paragraph. You hit the drums. We are currently recruiting interested community members to serve on an advisory committee. The committee will help shape the project design and recommend avenues for equitable engagement with the community. The application period runs through February 18th, 2020. Apply today.
0: Yeah. Uh, Two called
1: actions. Yeah. That makes up for our lack of called actions Nailing in the past. It,
0: uh, the Community Advisory Committee, CIC, will include up to 20 members who represent diverse perspectives. Meetings will occur up to nine times per year for up to three hours at a location within or near the project area. Uh, so the Albina District of Portland, Oregon. Uh, interested community members can learn more and apply at the link which we will... Um, put in our show notes and the project team has heard from the community about the importance of continued public engagement. Yes, they have. Uh, The CAC is one example of how the project will intentionally seek community input, further extend opportunities for the public to engage and bring community interests and values to the decision-making process. Uh, As the project moves forward, ODOT will demonstrate and communicate how the CAC's input meaningfully informs project decisions. In addition to seeking diversity in the CAC respective to geography, demographics, and current interests, ODOT strives for committee composition reflecting the historic Black and African-American Albina community
1: intriguing
0: yeah well I, i'm freaking happy to hear that I'm, email i that's that's
1: yeah I'm, that's a
0: lot of effort and uh i'm there, cautiously optimistic yes i yeah i share that cautious <laughs> but given the fact that we have an announcement in the first place i, I have a big dose of optimism right that. on right on <laughs> um because it was looking a little dire there for a while <laughs> sweet well um thank you for Thank you for getting opinions. Uh, right on. That's great.
1: <laughs> Lastly, a little bit of sad news uh, came to us from Dirt Rag magazine uh, via Brock Didis. It is with a heavy heart that we're writing to say that after 30 years, that is three zero years of publishing Dirt Rag, it is shutting its doors and ceasing all operations, including the website and Dirt Fest. No. Yeah. Well, pour pour one out for Dirt Rag. Yes.
0: Uh, Not all of our news articles are about things closing, (laughs) (laughs) but there are a few of them this year. (laughs) Stay tuned. We'll keep you up to date on the latest trends. And uh, shout out to Dirt Rag for keeping it going for thirty years, three decades. Hey, yeah. We can't even say one. Not for another point. year. <laughs> that's a good point. It's
1: easy to go like, oh man. Yeah, that's a long yeah, run. Thirty years. Like, think of what what uh mountain biking and dirt biking was oh, yeah. thirty years ago. Totally. Man.
0: That was, you know, if, if mountain biking were a chicken, it wasn't even out of the eggshell when their right. egg started up. That's
1: right. It's just sort of like you can just see the 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 um words. The beak. Beak. Yeah. Thank you. Peeking out of the shell, just, exactly. just sort of
0: Well, never fail to go full chicken dirt rag, and thanks for three decades. Thank you so much. We have... You're taking a lot of responsibility in owning and riding a bicycle. You are now an operator of a wheeled vehicle. The end of our headline credits, which means that...
1: We got mail. Hey, we got mail.
0: That's right. And for mail... To kick it off, we've got a voicemail from Mr. Tim Mooney. Rocket Podcast. This is Tim Mooney. Um, don't don't ever use that thing. Uh, I have been listening to with great uh, with great joy to episode number five hundred, where I was talking jokingly about bicycling with a lightsaber attached to my bicycle on my. Florida Bike Tour. I speak to you
2: from my Florida Bicycle Tour in the middle of nowhere, Florida, with a lightsaber attached to yes. my bike. Yeah, Tim. Go check out uh, all the socials for the long-tail lightsaber cape hanging off the back of my Brompton. <laughs> Happy 500 episodes here in February. 20th.
0: Happy 500, Tim. Farewell.
2: Farewell. I,
1: I hope that was an orange lightsaber.
0: Yeah, <laughs> keep it canon. Yeah, well, it, or keep it it's, uncannon. It's not canon. Oh, okay,
1: but it would it would match his Brompton.
0: Oh, hey, good yeah. point. Well, you know, pool noodle two point That's right. Eh? <laughs> Sweet. Uh, we also have a write in from Beth Hammond. Love this podcast, and thank all and all you guys. Thanks for potting five hundred ah, times. We kids. love you too, Beth Hammond.
1: Mm-hmm. From J H. Party sparkle emoji. Party sparkle emoji. Five hundred Metal emoji.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jay. And some ba- I, you know
1: what? I'm gonna read emojis out loud from now on. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> so my phone doesn't do the emoji thing. So it just like it just like it's either a doesn't square with it. a
1: uh, question mark in oh, it. Oh,
0: well, the encoding is usually like it usually figures out that it's a thing, but it just uh, like there was an update. There was an update like a year ago so i can see them now but it used to just come across as like um like random text it would be like oh. the it would be like the hex uh the iso hex value or like the 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 digit value uh that's above uh i'm forgetting my encoding standards but basically it, it you get up above ANSCI and like asking and all that stuff um and you get into unincorporated emoji territory. Uh, So it would just come through as like random strings of text and numbers. That was way too in-depth for what I was trying to say. Yes, let's read those as party sparkle (laughs) emoji party sparkle emoji 500 metal emoji and a big shout out and thanks to Jay. Thank you. Uh, Sebastian P says you are only halfway to a thousand.
1: Ooh. Good point. Sounds like we got some goals to set.
0: Hashtag 2030. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That is true. We are actually, you know, we're more than halfway, Sebastian. We're at 502. That's right. I think, I think this is 502.
1: If and when we make it to 1000, I'm getting a sprocket podcast tattoo.
0: Oh, nice. I'll hold you to that. There you go. Yep. Totally hold you to that. I may be
1: like 60 years old by then, but.
0: (laughs) That's all right. We just got to move our release schedule up to once per uh, day. And, uh, we'll be there in, <laughs> we'll be there in no time in two and a half years <laughs> <laughs> steve s writes in um and this is a a nice wonderfully uh in-depth and detailed email so sit back relax grab a drink of water if you are thirsty and or something from i don't know the beer mongers and uh listen in thank you so much for writing steve and steve has this to say simplifying the good life I love both Sprocket and Pedal Shift podcasts. I'm a passionate cyclist and live in Jackson, Wyoming in the winter where I groom Nordic ski trails and in rural Iowa in the summer where I run our family farm. Your perspective on cell phones motivated me to reach out. Let me start with a late summer night a few years back. I had ridden my bike 14 miles to the local theater to watch a movie, telling my wife that I should be home by 11 p.m. When the movie got out at 9, I began my ride home through the rural countryside on my Schwinn Paramount. I knew that my headlight was not very good, but there was a wide paved shoulder on the road and little traffic that late at night. About halfway home, I struck something on the shoulder and blew out both my tires. While I had a spare and a pump, I only had one tube, as I'd never experienced a double blowout before. Yeah, that's terrific luck. Um, as I do not carry—do you, you ever
1: do you carry two tubes or one?
0: I don't, but I carry patches. Uh, uh, well, so I'm turing, when I'm touring, Segway, uh, when I'm touring, I'll carry two to three tubes. And okay. I'll put a new tube in, take the old one out, and then patch it at camp at night. Sure, you just play the you play the the rolling game. Um, I carry a tube and patches when I'm in town. Uh. Oh. yeah. Um, I do as I do not carry. Switching back to read mode. As I do <laughs> Sorry. not carry. Oh, no, that's <laughs> fine. Um, uh, we could have a whole episode on my like patch strategy for Portland. Oh, really? Yeah. Bring, I, hit, hit me up sometime. I just
1: carry patches and uh, and a tube. Like even if I'm. Mm-hmm. Touring or anything i I rarely carry more than one tube
0: so because i because i run schwabies i'm rarely carrying them for myself i'm uh, most often carrying them for other people right, right. broken down okay so i i actually carry one tube that's a 26 but i usually carry a 700 by 25 and a 700 by 35 wow um just in case. you all
1: magnanimous uh
0: i have i have been that person who's sure like stops sure. and has your tube uh often enough times that like for me it's worth the five bucks to be like hey Uh, right on you need a tube (laughs) no no that makes that makes so much sense (laughs) yeah um it's it's i try to put that good out into the world because i know there will be the day when i have a double blowout like steve (laughs) and i will be like shoot (laughs) i only have one tube uh steve says as i do not carry a cell phone i assumed that someone would see me walking my bike and stop but the few cars that passed never slowed six miles and two hours later i arrived safely home while I had lost 2 hours of my life, I gained a memory of a beautiful night walking under the stars that will never go away. What I did learn is that I needed a better headlight, which I now have, and in hindsight, I was glad I didn't have a phone, as I would have missed the experience. Over the years, I've had a couple of close calls but always survived, and after each experience have been the richer for it. You might ask how does one you might ask how does one survive without a phone in this day and age? Well, uh, first off, when I farm or groom ski trails, I'm on noisy equipment and I'm wearing air protection. I also do many physical things, such as wrestling equipment that could easily break a phone. Years ago, I told my employer in the winter time that if they wanted to buy me a phone, I would carry it. But they didn't, and now that I... Uh, and and no, now know that I will usually get back to them in a few hours. I was getting close to giving it a couple of years giving it up a couple of years ago as more and more people were texting, but at the point of discovering Google Voice, which allows me to text more easily than on my phone from my computer. Texts also come through as emails if I'm not logged in, and I can call for free anywhere the phone is hooked up to the account. I do agree that my setup has more components than a phone, but in the big picture, it is simpler, more rugged, and cheaper. For the entertainment, I have a simple MP3 player with FM radio, which costs about $30.00. I download podcasts or music and have all I want to listen to. My biggest investment was probably my camera, but it's waterproof, and if I drop it in the snow and I'm grooming, I could care less. I use it for daily grooming reports for I post as part of my winter job, and it does fine. Without a cell phone, my wife and I have biked toured across the US in eight segments around Cornwall and Wales, Ireland, Belgium, the Netherlands, Denmark, France, and some of the Balkans. For these trips, we add a Garmin GPS Map64... And we bring along a Kindle with an auxiliary keyboard for the blogs we usually share with family and friends. Anywhere in the world, we are able to regularly. Anywhere in the world where we are able to regularly find free Wi-Fi. Well, it took a little learning. I've learned to download whatever maps I want for free from the following website, and that's a link to the Garmin uh, GPS oh, now, right maps, uh, which utilizes open-source maps in a perfectly legal manner. I do usually give a few dollars donation when I download maps right on yeah like we were talking about on the show earlier today maps take a lot of work yeah yeah (laughs) a lot of work uh on our first bike tour we had no idea how far we would be able to ride so we had only a general idea of where we would stay each night while i loved the riding finding lodging was a never-ending nightmare
1: i imagine that would that would be taxing
0: yeah totally mentally well you roll up at the end of the day and you're like oh this isn't a sure bet
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: (laughs) guess we're riding 20 more miles (laughs) Or twenty kilometers as the case would be for many of and, these tours. And in
1: which case there's still no guarantee. <laughs> and what I've found even on car trips, another segue, I guess, is that the it's later the later you go. We're taking breaks to savor the, the content
0: of the letter.
1: The later you go, the less likely you are to find lodging. Mm. And at one point you just end up driving all night mm-hmm. <laughs> or parking on the side of the road somewhere.
0: Especially so like I just disclaimer try to free camp as much as possible but i've definitely had times in places like india i think just because camping just wasn't a thing um was where i had most of my like hotel late at night slash as it's getting dark experiences um and i wouldn't say that this was the sense that we got from the hotels but in general when i have had like hotels or motels whether it's been in the oregon coast or traveling abroad when you show up and it's dark and you show up on a bike um Every now and then, you kind of get the feeling that people think they have you over a barrel,
1: oh, and so yeah, yeah. you know,
0: just having like a reservation that's like, "Yep, this is us," and they're like, "What? You're showing up on a bike?" And you're like, "Yeah, that's my name. That's on the reservation, and here's my bike." <laughs> you know, they don't really get that chance, uh, um, right, right. But if you show up in your, it's you know, a one a one horse town or something like that, uh, yeah, you can really be like, "Okay, well, my choices are riding two more hours that I didn't plan or paying twice what right. the thing says outside." <laughs> But, you know, so that kind of thing. I totally get the nightmare factor of that. I've experienced yeah. it many times. Uh, my wife is tough of nails. Switching back to the uh, letter. My wife is tough as nails and able to do most anything as long as she knows where she's sleeping, has a shower each day, and doesn't have to ride on a busy road without a shoulder. Yeah. Since that trip, I've planned every stop and route of every trip we've taken. While there have been a couple of brutal days with wind or rain, we've always made it and been glad for our accommodations. We have also always had serendipitous moments along the way that have made the trips really special. When planning routes, I use Adventure Cycling, Google Maps, and MapMyRide.com, in addition to lots of general online research, paper maps, and guidebooks. I usually street view much of the route, oftentimes so much that as I feel as if I've already been there, which is not a bad thing. In some countries where there's no street view, but satellite view can tell you a lot. There, This is to ensure that riding conditions won't freak my wife out It's relatively easy to create a route with MapMyRide and transfer it to the Garmin. I do one route per day, and it works great. For me, planning the route is almost as fun as riding it, and is one of my recreational winter activities. Finally, what I do saves a whole lot of money. By the latest reckoning, the real cost of an iPhone is about $1,000. In my neighborhood, a self-plan with the data I would use uh, would also cost right around $1,000 per year. Looking at a three-year budget, my gear usually lasts three years. Not sure about an iPhone. I am saving. They
1: they do not last three years.
0: Yeah, not typically. <laughs> um, in, especially you know if you drop yours into the L.A. Canal. Um, <laughs> but but it did in that case.
1: Well, yeah, maybe I should I should edit that and say they're not meant to last three years.
0: Correct. Yes, planned planned obsolescence, uh, unfortunately, is a thing. Uh, I'm saving around thirty four hundred dollars, which is about one trip to Europe per year. Uh, and then he includes wow. this very nice breakdown and chart. Oh,
1: yeah, we'll we should definitely post that.
0: Yes, totally. Yeah. I'll I'll summarize. Um there's one column that says the other way and there's one column that says Steve's way. Steve's way saves you 3400 bucks. The other way costs you $4000.
1: Yeah. That's so amazing that um the total cost for his way is in the triple digits and the total cost for just the the other way um is in the quadruple digits
0: mm mm-hmm. Uh, Flights to Europe. Yeah, three flights to Europe with savings. So end goal, go to Europe three yeah. more times or have an iPhone. <laughs> I love it when it's put in those terms. <laughs> it's totally... I feel, like, um, this I is feel how, like...
1: This is how Anna gets me to save money. Oh, yeah. She'll put things in terms of, like, bike parts. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, that's a, that's a set of Jones bars right there. That's that's a new crank. Totally.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a thing. Like, yep. whenever I... Because I, I like uh, eating out relatively often and i'm just like oh that would have been a that would have been like half a bike trip you know here hey, or hey, there or something like right? that um yeah my brain is weird uh perhaps the best thing is that when i'm riding driving or working no one knows where i am which is very liberating mm. i can identify with that uh riding on transit and seeing the people and views along the way as opposed to being entranced by a device is also great being phoneless does require organization i tell my wife where i'm going and when i will be home Once, I lost my wife in a Seattle airport, but it took me approximately 30 seconds to borrow a phone and find her. Finally, one of my biggest fears in my life is a long, lingering death, such as years in a nursing home. I am a ways past the half-century mark and feel as if I've already lived more than most people have in an entire life. I'm religious but would never consider self-euthanasia. If, however, I am somehow struck down in such a manner that a phone might save my life and I don't have one, I will have no regrets as I will have gone out in style. The little inconveniences that a lack of phone presents through life only make it richer in the long run. Keep up the good work. I support what you guys do. Make sure you post addresses to send cash to support your mission, as there are others like me that like to help out (laughs) but don't want resources wasted on thank yous and don't like to be hounded for more donations. Sincerely, Steve S., Jackson, Wyoming. Well, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. That was a lovely letter. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to send that and to write us. Um, I got in contact with Brock and asked him about an address. He said that if you are interested in helping out uh, in that type of fashion, not to hound anybody. Because as you should know by this point, your ears are all we appreciate. That's all we hound. That's all we hound. Once a week. That's (laughs) all we hound. Um, And if there's anything on top of that, sweet. But we're we're not that type of show other than that. Um, Yeah. Get in touch with us. We will send you a physical address. Uh, we don't really have a PO box, and so just to keep everybody's uh, home, address, I guess you, we can send it to Aaron's old address because uh, <laughs> <laughs> he won't be
1: living there anymore. Well, at least for another year, they'll still forward it to oh, my yeah. new address.
0: Hey, there you go. Well, um, yeah, <laughs> send it to. No, drop I'm not us the same. Right <laughs> drop drop us a note if you would like to help out in that way. Um, it is n- never expected nor required, but is always appreciated. Uh, so thank you. Just like taking off that. your
1: shoes in my new apartment. Exactly. Never expected or required. Okay. But always appreciated.
0: Close one. Almost faux pas on my first day over. (laughs) Well, that was the end of yet another great episode. You did it. You You made it to the end. Congratulations. And uh, Carrie and John had to take off. However, uh, that doesn't mean that we can't read our outro in a certain style. And I think that style today... Should be Aaron and Guthrie. Oh,
1: I was a little, I was a little scared. Yeah, for a I, was, second. I was going for the psych out. Uh, <laughs> you
0: got me. <laughs> so I gotta get my kicks. Um,
1: and before we go, just a, a real quick note because I did finally look it up. Okay, um, for the passing of the torch party, February twenty eighth um, at the Either or on Williams Avenue here in Portland. Uh, Leo will be passing the torch to Cassie is, um, will be the new uh, owner? I don't, is owner the right word? The new torch sure. holder. The new torch holder. God, I'm I'm really not good with words today. That's okay. Um, it's been a long time. Anyways, day. yeah, come hang out. And wish, wish Leah all the best. Wish Cassie all the best. Mm-hmm. And have fun.
0: Kick it. Speaking of kicking it, you ready to kick it?
1: I am ready. Kick it good.
0: The Sprocket Podcast is produced at X-Ray Studios thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters and
1: listeners. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com.
0: Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Call or text to 5038479774.
0: Twitter and the Instagrams at Podcast.
1: Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music.
0: Hurtbird for our headline sounder.
1: Marcus Norman for graphic design.
0: And thanks to our sustaining donors, Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson,
1: Cameron Lee and Richard Wozinski Tim Mooney,
0: Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss,
1: Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's the a time, time traveler, Dave Knows,
0: Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Cooley,
1: Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom,
0: Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder,
1: Anna, I'll be home soon. Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G.
0: Guthrie Straw,
1: what, that's me.
0: Oh. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and Cam- founder of the Regrainery.
1: Campsite, Mac Nurse David, Nathan Polton,
0: Rory Michigan, Michael Flornay.
1: Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman.
0: Harry Hugel, EJ Finneran, Brad Hipwell.
1: Thomas Skado, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom. Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore.
0: Todd Grosbeck. Chris Barron,
1: Chris, Chris Barron. Barron, Chris Barron. Barron, Sean Baird, Simon Gregory Braithwaite,
0: Ryan Morrow, Dude Luna, Matthew Rooks,
1: Coco, <coughs> Marshall, Paula Cycle Cyclecraft,
0: Philip M. Spartan Dale, No Relation,
1: Mister T. Who never really left, Bike Initiative, Keweenaw, Sarah G.
0: Adam D. Go dig a hole, Beth Hammond. Thanks for writing.
1: Yay, Greg Murphy. Myra Martinez, also
0: Isaac M, and to all of our former donors who helped Dice get this far.
1: Now, brush your teeth
0: and go to bed.
1: Wow, listen to all that music still running. (laughs) I cut it. Oh, yeah, you you extended the nice.
0: Give us another two minutes.
1: Right on.